Welcome to Women in Chemicals, Woman of the Week. I'm Amelia. And I'm Kylie, and we're joined this afternoon by Marianne Maximus, Global Ethylene Sourcing Director at Celanese. Uh, thanks, Amelia and Kylie. Thanks for having me, and uh, I'm quite proud of uh, what you're doing in our industry. Thank you. Thank you. Today's episode is sponsored by Essential Ingredients. Essential Ingredients is a 100% employee-owned North American distributor of raw materials for the personal care, household, and industrial markets. In 2021, Essential Ingredients is celebrating 25 years of servicing our customers. As a certified evergreen company, Essential Ingredients is committed to building an independent business that lasts for decades to come. In 2017, Forbes magazine recognized the company as one of its small giants. And in 2021, it was recognized as one of Atlanta's top workplaces. Essential Ingredients is dedicated to providing outstanding care to its customers, suppliers, employees, and community. Great. Thank you, Amelia and Marianne. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Um, we always welcome the opportunity for you to tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump into some deeper conversation here. So please, if you could, Marianne, you know, share with us your career educational um, journey with, with our community, and, and we'll jump right into some conversation then after that. Sure. Uh, so as you all have seen it, my name is Marianne Maximus. Um, I'm actually a chemical engineer by trade. I've always had love for uh, math and science, and I think you hear a lot of people saying that, but I truly did. Uh, you know, it was something, I guess, in my DNA. Um, you know, my dad had an aspiration for chemistry, and he was an agricultural engineer. So I guess growing up and seeing him experiment different things around the house got me to uh, wanting to love, um, you know, chemistry as well as math. Uh, I do have an MBA as well. I actually pursued it, um, you know, later on. Uh, in my career. So I would say about 20 years in the petrochemical industry, uh, a third of it in manufacturing, uh, a third of it in different, uh, I would say, individual contributing roles between SNOP planning, uh, business analysis, finance, uh, investor relations, um, you call it, I kind of did it, put a lot. And then I would say the last third has been um, in um, uh, commercial as well as the strategy and planning uh, roles, uh, managing folks, um, you know, being an individual contributor, back to managing folks, and, and so forth. I would say in those 20 years, uh, I've had the honor to work uh, for three companies today. Uh, the first company was uh, ExxonMobil. I uh, started my career in Beaumont, Texas as an engineer. Um, then I was hired in about four and a half years later by Lionel Bissell. At the time, it was Lionel only. Uh, and I started also as well as a chemical, you know, as an engineer uh, in the production unit over at Channelview. Um, and I was with them for 16 years, 16 fruitful years where I've had uh, lots of fun, uh, lots of great opportunities. I would say probably nine roles in 16 years seems a lot, <laughs> but it was great. Um, and then more recently, I would say within the last three months, I've, I've been employed by Selenies. Uh, they've recruited me a few months ago um, and I saw the role quite appealing. Uh, something that's not I've not done before in my career, um, and uh, I've had a, a great appreciation for the specialty chemical business, uh, at least in my last role at Lionel Bissell. So that was something that I inspired to kind of continue into uh, for the remainder of my career. 
Very good. Very cool. Thank you very much for sharing. I appreciate your, your inspiration and your background, you know, sparking from your interest with your dad all the way to, you know, how you happened upon um, this role with Selenese here. And I wish you the best of luck in this new adventure here at Selenese. That's fantastic. Um, so Marianne, with your, you know, extensive specialty chemical experience here in this career journey you've had so far, can you help our community to understand what it's been like for you to be a woman in the chemicals industry? Um, sure. And more specifically, help us to understand if you have felt as though, you know, we're working in a male dominated environment um, and how you've been able to navigate the, those types of situations throughout your career. Sure. Um, I will uh, touch upon your first question first, uh, being in the chemical industry. I think I've had admiration working in the chemical industry. I know so that many people do. Sometimes it does have different publicities and what we uh, hear about, uh, but we live it and breathe it. And uh, I would say the chemical industry is just uh, so far different than what people think, because truly it's the backbone of everything we deal with every day in our lives. Um, every little gadget we hold, every little... Um, I would say um, even like, you know, cosmetic we hold has some, a little bit of chemistry in it. So, mm -hmm. you know, I got respect for it. Um, yes, it is a male dominated industry, but I think if we look at it, that uh, we bring in a different perspective to it, uh, it becomes totally different. Uh, and yes, yes, I had to fight my way through. <laughs> uh, yes, I was you know, long, many times, I was probably less than 25% representation, whether in the team I was working as or in the role or whatever it was. Uh, but I have also uh, gained great appreciation to having, um, you know, working with people from uh, different backgrounds. Um, not necessarily here in North America. I think it's a global industry. So I mm -hmm. was very fortunate to have worked with people also from other uh, parts of the world. And I think that's what the chemical industry brings to it rather than just being regional. It connects all the globe today, maybe like mm -hmm. 20, 30 years ago was a different uh, setting. And um, I actually have learned so much from my um male bosses or my male peers. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, sometimes we see it as, hey, we're different. Uh, we look at ourselves as, as a minority, but sometimes it's also um, an advantage because we get to see and experience situations that maybe other people don't get to. Um, most of uh, the uh, leaders that I have learned from, most of the leaders that have supported me in my career were male. Uh, probably mm -hmm. only in the last 20 years of my career, I had only um, four bosses <laughs> that are female. And one of them is today, which is great. And I, I really have great appreciation for that. Uh, but I, you know, all the ones that have helped me through my career and have helped me grow <clears throat> and challenge myself and expand to say my wings were male. Um, and some of them were very supportive. Some of them were um, quite, um, you know, the, the coaches, the mentors, and some of them were very challenging. And you would probably be, you know, sitting there saying, why do I have to work for this person? Uh, but I actually looked at it as the ones that were challenging. I've learned a different set of skills. Mm -hmm. um, learned to be a little more grit, I've learned to be a little more determined. I've learned to um, face the challenges with a positive attitude and say, you know what, it shall pass and things are gonna get better. Um, mm -hmm. that's, that's probably what I would say is a skill that I have learned um, just having to work for this environment. Actually, when I was in manufacturing, I never ever 
uh, felt as a minority. Uh, and I actually mentioned that to one of the people that I had uh, worked with in my previous company or my previous employer. I said, I remember when we were in, in the plant, we all dressed up the same. We were all mm-hmm. the loose, the Nomax. We all kind of look the same. It doesn't matter behind, you know, it doesn't matter where your hair was sitting. You just kind of all fit in the same mold. Uh-huh. So there wasn't much of any differences to feel there. Of course, as, as you grow in the commercial world and, and you see different challenges, sometimes people treat you differently. But you know what? You just have to let it roll over your shoulder and move on and uh, just keep your eyes on what you need to achieve. Mm-hmm. I think that's all such terrific advice. And I'm thinking about, you know, your commentary around how you were recognized as not necessarily like a, a unique in a positive way, a unique individual while in the manufacturing space and how that might've potentially, you know, uh, if I had had that experience helped me to build more confidence as I enter into more, you know, commercial roles and responsibilities to have that and to respond with confidence. I think I could see that as being really helpful. Yes. When and then I climbing, also, you're climbing 200 feet towers and you're there, like yeah. shaking in your back. Do I really want to do this? But yes, yeah, sure, I'm going to do it and I'm not going to chicken out. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, physically confident and, you know, skills wise, <laughs> confident through your experiences as well. So that's that's great. I also appreciate a comment you made about um, the diverse backgrounds that come with the kind of the globalness, if that's even a word of the industry. Right. Um, so I think that that is something that should be. Um, and, and I take with me and I, I, you know, have learned to appreciate in my interaction so far in the industry is that, you know, we touch, like you said, everything, and it is so cool to be a part of it and to see it happen. And I'm excited to be able to, you know, me personally, make it a goal of educating or making other folks, maybe not necessarily as close to the industry aware of how much it touches. Right. So. And Amelia, we talk about, you know, educationally, how we want to, um, with our women in chemicals community, you know, teach um, young students, you know, about the opportunities that exist in the industry. And I think, you know, providing examples of everything that this, you know, specialty chemicals industry can touch can be, you know, super helpful. So. Yeah, I remember my daughters when they always saw me, here comes again, the plastic speech in the house. (laughs) I was made of plastics and, you know, just you live it and breathe it. You got to preach it. Yep. Absolutely. Amelia, any comments there? No, I I love everything you guys are saying and speaking to the diversity of of how everything we we touch um, is chemicals. I also thought it's great because chemicals are in every corner of the globe. But then also this made me think about when I was looking at uh, Marianne's experience earlier, Marianne, you have like worked in every scope, every function. You've worked from leadership and management, investor relations, um, the manufacturing side, and just looking through your vast experiences now procurement, it's like you've sat in every single piece of the business. So it's diversity Mm -hmm. of location, diversity of products, but also diversity of roles that our industry offers has just been Mm -hmm. like, you were a perfect example of that. Looking through your LinkedIn, I was like, wow. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know, every time there was an opportunity for something different um, and, and, you know, some of them I've raised my hand, some of them, somebody came asking, would you want to do this? 
um, I didn't hesitate. You know, I kind of said, yeah, sure, why not? And even though there were people, I remember one of the specific roles was, you know, the, the business analysis and performance uh, manager, which is kind of like a, a junior controller for a business line. Uh-huh. Um, some of my colleagues at the time, they said, why do you want to do this? If you ever asked any engineers, they failed at it. They hated it miserably. Accounting and numbers, who would want to do this? And I said, but, you know, why not? I'm going to give it a try and I'm going to learn something. And I'm going to tell you, this was such a great experience. I know I was in it maybe like 13 or 14 months, but I've learned so much about financial statements. I've learned about balance sheet. I've learned about cash flow. I've learned about mm-hmm. all the different ins and outs of an income statement and what changes it. Um if I had not had that experience, I probably would still be kind of learning or, or, or you know, or, or hearing cues from what people say and, and trying to figure it out. But, you know, you, you, you put in front of me kind of like a PL, and I quickly can tell whether that business is performing or not. And it, I would attribute it all to this uh, role or that experience that I've gained during that time. So sometimes people make you feel afraid or they kind of like you know deter you from experiencing something new and I look at it more as it's an adventure um Mm -hmm. my current role is procurement I've never been in procurement everybody who asked me oh you didn't have you have not been in procurement before I was like no actually that's my first time um and yet it is a different industry different time in the industry to kind of you know be in it but um you know what I'm looking at it as again it's a new adventure a new learning experience, um, I guess a new mountain to climb and to get to the mm-hmm. top. Absolutely. You're preaching to the choir here, Marianne. I'm, you know, Amelia and I are both pursuing our MBAs right now as well. I have my my very first finance midterm in my MBA program right after this, this interview here. So right, I am <laughs> applying what I'm doing in my day-to-day to my class too. So thank you. Um, the next question we have, Marianne, is, you know, again, it speaks to your, your lengthy experience within the industry and how it might have changed in your eyes over time. So um, help us to understand, you know, what in your, your experience has changed. So we've covered a little bit, you know, diversity and inclusion. We talk a lot about, you know, in, in recruiting activities through my current job about sustainability and those interests that students have in sustainability. Um, digitization, whatever it might be. What's your experience been? Sure. Um, I'm going to ref- probably talk about sustainability first, and then I'm going to talk about digitalization. I'm not that much involved with digitalization, but I can tell you my high-level observation. Sustainability, I got to be truly involved uh, in my previous um, role uh, into it, and I've gained great appreciation of how the whole industry is thriving now and setting goals for themselves to achieve. Versus before, it was kind of like, um, you know, it's nice to have, or I'm going to try to address it. Um, You know, I'm going to wait for regulation to tell me to get it done. Um, I'm not going to say that everywhere in the world is on that same page, but I think a lot now are seeing that it's a priority. And they are thriving to set goals, and they're thriving to find solutions around it. Um, You know, I'm I'm not going to talk too much about it because I'm not doing it anymore, but it is, um, it is a game changer that, you know, people are, you know, trying to uh, make it part of their uh, strategy as well as a part of their long-term vision versus, oh, it's a nice to have. So I mm-hmm. think that's a big, um, you know, I guess, uh, inflection point in, in that um, sphere. 
Digitalization, I think the only example I'm going to say is it's far beyond what I expected. So 20 years ago when I was in manufacturing, mm -hmm. we used to write on a piece of paper what are, like I, I was a, an olefins engineer in the furnaces, and I would go write on a piece of paper what was like my O2 readings, my, uh, you know, my temperatures and so forth. Uh, mm -hmm. Today's, I believe most of the operators on the field actually have handheld equipment that kind of have all this, uh, you know, information probably coming in from DCS, from sensors. Right. You, see, uh, you don't have to have the manual or the <laughs> kind of like, you know, um, handwritten notes anymore. It's all digitalized. So that, that's my observation on the digitalization that's happening in the industry. And, and all the analytics and, and the, you know, mm -hmm. AI that you use to kind of tell the patterns of your customers purchasing and, and know how you're going to change your, uh, you know, SNOP to match um, the future demand as well as the inventory management. That's far beyond what it was almost 15, 20 years ago when it was all just a bunch of spreadsheets. Right. Right. We talk a lot about in these uh, these one on ones with our, our resources here about how fast the pace of change continues to be. And it seems to be, you know, only accelerating. So I, I you know, you mentioned how 20 years ago we were writing things on paper and look at where we're at now. I can only imagine where we'll be, you know, even in less time, you know, within less than 20 years from now, um, how we'll be able to use all of this information that's essentially at our fingertips now. Yes. Yeah. I think they'll be able to read our minds pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. And maybe, <laughs> maybe that will help me from a procurement perspective, a little bit better with some forecasting, things like that. So I'm all for it. Um, so sitting in procurement, speaking of, so it, it is a very volatile environment right now um, in our specialty chemicals environment, actually, in, you know, in, in a lot of our commodity category teams. Um, and we talk a lot about this with our women in chemicals community members that fall, you know, within supply chain and operations. How have you so far, you know, as you enter into this position at a really volatile time, how have you been able to manage some of the uncertainty and the challenges that come along with, with all of, you know, what is kind of externally out of our control a little bit with our global supply chain right now? Very good. I think you just mentioned it externally out of control. So I think the opposite is you do what's in your control, correct? So um, I, I, you know, again, given my very recent experience in, in the uh, procurement, uh, you know, role, I would say um, I keep in my uh, front sight a few things. Number one is the market dynamics, what's going on. Um, and try to understand all the interconnectivity of how everything else is going on. I'm not gonna give a specific example, but probably talk more in general. Um, this is where we are living today and what's happening in the supply chain is a global crisis or a global, you know, event rather than just a, a regional. So I think understanding the big picture and then trying to fit in how the small picture fits in it helps a lot because it kind of helps you to my second, you know, thing that I think about is scenarios. What could happen? Um, you got to always have to prepare yourself for, okay, this is going to be my base case if everything all goes well. And if that doesn't go well, what's going to be my other two scenarios and mm -hmm. kind of throw yourself a cone and, and, you know, mentally get yourself ready is what would I do if this happened? What would I do if this happened? I think that mm -hmm. helps a lot making yourself well prepared. I mean, it, it does. Even in my personal lives, I try to use kind of a scenario planning to help adjust. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing is communicate. So always making sure your stakeholders internally, uh, you know, are well aware of what 
are potentially the changes, what could happen, you know, how you're addressing it within your control. Um, and also tells them what could be a little bit outside the control. Um, and then uh, also keeping your communication pretty, um, you know, um, I guess in line and connected well with your external stakeholders, which is your, um, you know, your suppliers um, mm -hmm. and making sure that, you know, this is the best time to kind of leverage your relationship and, and keep your network um, well connected because, you know, that's if, if one supplier can't offer you, then, you know, another one might be able to help mm -hmm. and both of them cannot help. Maybe someone else will be able to help. <laughs> uh, so um, I think that is, that's probably um, the environment we are in today, just the high level general. Mm -hmm. I, I can relate to this very much. So I sit in procurement myself in the chemical space within 3M here. And I, I say to my supplier partners, you know, it has never been, you know, more important, the actual relationship that exists between our partnerships. Um, and so uh, I think, you know, that helps me stay motivated in my day to day, especially, you know, when we're juggling so much. Yes. Um, but I think that that's great. And then the other takeaway that I always have and have continued to have over the last year and a half, two years now is, you know, we have never understood our global supply chain, like you said, better than we do right now, because we've had to kind of flip everything over to figure out how to get what we need. So, um, it's true. Definitely That's the true. light at the end of the tunnel. That and, think, and, and the last thing that I didn't mention, actually, it helped me a lot that I was been always before in the product side. I always kind of listened to what my customer were saying. Of course, when mm -hmm. you are in the supplier shoes, it's totally different than when you are on the uh, buyer shoes. Mm -hmm. So kind of hearing what they used to say and keeping that in mind helps a lot to kind of set what will be my kind of short-term priorities as well as long-term priorities when I'm thinking right. about the supplier. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and sourcing. Right. Absolutely. I, I very much appreciate that. And I take that with me too. So thank you. So we've got about two questions left, Marianne, and, and these are kind of the fun ones for our community. So sure. um, we, we've been asking lately for our interviewees to provide us and a woman that they find most influential in their life and why. So I'll open that up to you. Sure. Um, I'm sure there are, like, I see, I guess every woman I work with um, who does impact me career-wise or personal-wise, I do see her as an influential person. And I do remember everyone. I actually have not forgotten any. Um, I'm going to start first with, I would say, my mom. And I know that we have to only list one person. So if I were hey, to you her, can list as many as you'd like. Give, um, I'm going to list my mom first. Uh, she's uh, definitely my backbone to say uh, and um, she herself, uh, you know, worked uh, her um, the majority of her life as we were growing up, my brother and I. Um, and I think uh, her, like you know, working and having a career, um, and um, you know, just helped me to kind of see that I'm also gonna, you know, grow up mm -hmm. to work and and try to aim to have a, a career. Um, the second, I you know, think to kind of you know that I aspire um, and I look up to her is. Um, you know, we came to this country almost 25 years ago, and when we came, um, we didn't speak the language. Um, you know, it was tough. It was like, mm -hmm. you know, changing cultures, changing, transitioning from one country to the other. It was a whole change. Um, she had to purely put her career aside and just start all over again from zero. So my brother and I and my family and my dad, and we all kind of have, you know, uh, a great opportunity to kind of further our, you know, future versus where we would have been. 
So again, I would say kind of the agility and the persistence and the determination, I would probably say that I get all that from her and, and I've learned all that from her. So, um, but then all the other women that I have um, dealt with and worked with throughout my career and the ones that I've really respected were so much resemblance of her, this kind of uh, servant leadership, as well as, um, you know, strength in terms of um, not to give up and, and continuing forward to achieve a goal. Absolutely. I think there are a lot of women and a lot of moms in this industry that are, are doing just that for a lot of us. Um, I, I find these conversations so great because we meet women that embody exactly those traits and, and there are a lot of them, right? And it's so cool to be able to kind of have a more concentrated community of them here with women in chemicals. Sure. So we always like to close out Marianne with any, you know, closing comments, advice, mottos that you live by or things that get you through, you know, some tough days, whatever it might be. Um, and then we also welcome any book recommendations or podcasts that you might be listening to. It, it does not have to be chemistry or chemicals related. Um, we, we just want to open up the floor to our community for, for advice or whatever you might have. Sure. Um, I think in terms of advice, and, and I heard it during uh, when you had the executive presence, uh, you know, kind of webinar uh, a few weeks ago is be yourself. Don't try to be someone else. Um, and I know we all aspire. I mean, you know, even I aspire to be my mom, but I'm not my mom. I am who I am. Uh, and uh, it just works out far better. And it reflects better on who, on you when you are yourself and, and um, not trying to fake it, right? Because people are quickly going to figure out if you're not who you are. Um, and that could turn people away from you rather than get them to, you know, support you and be with you. So that's the first one. Um, I think the second one is um, give it all your heart. And uh, when you're working on something and uh, try to bring people together. Uh, yes, we're all trying to also put our unique self out there. But I think when we work with other people, you feel the support. And you also have a lot of people campaigning for you and cheering for you and wanting you to be successful. So that would be kind of um, my second you know, advice there. And the third one, and I always write it in front of myself, and I think I've mentioned it, I always tell myself um, fear is what holds us back rather than move us forward. So um, sometimes we as females, you know, we, we're, we're, I'm not saying that all females are that way, please don't get me wrong. But I think sometimes we're afraid to take that next step. We, we have very much calculated risks and we also want it always perfect. So sometimes, you know, just let go, take this uh, next step, a little bit, maybe more courageous, more adventurous, have a leap of faith and go for it. Um, don't let anything hold you back and don't let, especially fear of, um, of, of, potentially failing or not doing as well as you thought you would hold you back. So that those what would be my three pieces of advice. And I try, I try actually, I have two daughters. So I try to tell them that all the time. <laughs> I don't know if they do the same to me, but they listen, you know, they might not apply it all. The time. <laughs> I'm sure they listen and to hear how much your mom has influenced, you know, what, what motivates and inspires you. I'm sure that they yeah. carry a lot of that with them as well. So Marianne, I can't say it any better than you've already said it. So thank you so much for your time sure. here this afternoon. And thank you for sharing your story and your advice and your experiences with our community today. Thank you. And I forgot to tell you, I know you mentioned the book recommendation. There's one book yeah. I've mentioned to a lot of other female and I would uh, probably um, 
tell folks to to read it if they can. It's called um, How Women Rise uh, by Marshall mm-hmm. Smith and Sally uh, Helson. And um, it's the same version as What Got You Here Won't Get You There. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, more towards, you know, what kind of pigeonhole female in the workplace. So I would recommend that. And um, it's a good one. I've, it was a very easy read and very easy to follow. Great. Thank you so much, Marianne. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Bye-bye.